Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, man, as you know, today is a, is a special day. We're, we're having a little fun with it using a baseball theme. How many of you played baseball or softball back in the day? Okay, we got some gamers, got some ballers up in here. All right. Well, I got a little baseball trivia. We'll see how smart you are. Maybe some fun facts before we get into the word. Uh, Anybody have an idea which team in Major League Baseball has won the most World Series championships? Anybody have a clue as to the most successful team in the Major Leagues? How many says Yankees? Okay, you are correct. The Yankees have won 27 World Series titles. Do we have any Yankees fans among us? Oh, right here on the front row. And they are prayer partners too. Let's just extend our hands toward Randy and Nan. Lord, deliver them. As you can tell, I am not a Yankees fan. I'm from the Midwest. And next to the Yankees as being the most successful team in the major leagues, it is none other than the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, we do have a few of God's people among us today. (laughs) What's the oldest ballpark that's still being used in the major leagues? Oldest ballpark. How many says Wrigley Field in Chicago? Anybody else? Fenway Park in Boston. It it was debuted in 1912 and still being used today. Uh, Question, most popular ballpark food item. Okay, now here's where we're talking. What's the most popular thing consumed at a Major League Baseball game? Hot dogs. Check this out. In 2014, fans ate 21 million hot dogs. Five and a half million sausages that season. That's enough to stretch from Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles all the way to Wrigley Field in Chicago. Oh, Lord Jesus. Take the wheel. The longest game on record. The longest game on record. Chicago White Sox, Milwaukee Brewers, May the 9th back in 1984. It lasted eight hours and six minutes. How many struggle to watch a nine-inning game anyway? Yeah, this game was 25 innings, and it took all day. Jesus, help us. Uh, Most valuable baseball card ever printed. Most valuable baseball card ever printed. Anybody say Babe Ruth? Mickey Mantle? Lou Gehrig? No. A guy by the name of Honus Wagner, 1909. Honus Wagner. His card is valued at $3.12 million. So if you check your card collection and you got Ohonus up in there, I can help you calculate 10% of $3.12 million. You can bless the church in Jesus' name. Let me give you this final statistic here. The first father and son to play in major leagues as teammates, the first father-son tandem to play in the major leagues as teammates, Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, They played for the Seattle Mariners. Now check this out. On September 14th, back in 1990, they hit back-to-back 
home runs in the same game, creating another first. Isn't that cool? How many of you like to be a part of that? You hit a home run, and then the next at bat, your son comes up and does the same thing too. Uh, I love it. You know, using this baseball theme, it's going to help us really unpack some things to celebrate dads, to encourage dads today, because we just want to say thank you for going to bat for your family. Thank you for stepping up to the plate. In fact, I I read this story recently. I thought this was funny, but um, a little boy was in the backyard, and I grew up a a baseball fan. I know I played basketball in college, but my first love was baseball, and I didn't really have a lot of kids to play with, so there were many days I would just, you ever throw the ball up and, and take a swing and just try to hit it? This little boy was in the backyard, and they overheard him talking to himself, and he walks in the backyard, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest hitter. And he takes the ball, throws it up, swings at it, and misses. So he says, strike one. Picks the ball up, looks at it, looks at his bat. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest hitter. Throws it up again, takes a swing, miss. He yells, strike two. Now he gets a little nervous. So he grips the bat. He looks at it, makes sure there's no holes in the bat. Takes the ball, throws it up a third. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest hitter. Tosses it up swings and he misses and he yells, strike three. And then it dawned on him. He said, ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest pitcher. (laughs) He went from being the greatest hitter to the greatest pitcher. You know, I want to use three words that I think can help us talk about fathers on this special day. And if you're taking notes, write this down. I want to take a look at strikeouts. Strikeouts. This is probably a dad's worst fear. I remember when I first became a father, I did not want to strike out. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to do my best. When Alexa was born into our family back in 1998, I realized, hey, the game has changed for me. And my level of responsibility and my awareness was so important because the decisions that I made would affect her. And I want to say something to the dads out there. You know, the enemy of your soul wants you to be so afraid of striking out that you don't even step up to the plate. Come on, can you help me today? There's such a fear of making a mistake. We feel like if if we're going to swing and miss, then we might might as well not even step up to the plate. But I want you to be encouraged. Listen to this verse in Proverbs 24, verse 16. The Bible says this. The godly may trip seven times. Now, notice who the writer's talking about. He's talking about the men of faith. The godly may trip and fall seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Now, notice this. Notice what the scripture tells us, that even the best dads with the greatest intentions, they're going to swing and miss. You may strike out from time to time, but the difference between an ordinary dad and a dad that's following God is this. When a dad that follows the Lord swings and he misses, he gets back up again. You know, you, 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 you don't have to be perfect. There are no perfect fathers. I found that out very quickly. You know, that there were things that I weren't prepared for. Uh, there were decisions that I made. I did my best in the moment, but looking back at it, man, I wish I could go back and do a few things differently. There are no perfect fathers. God doesn't expect perfection, but he does expect direction. 
And if you look at the scriptures, I mean, the Bible is filled with good men, godly men who swung and missed from time to time. I mean, think about the very first father in human history. We all came from Adam and Eve. Guess what? Adam sinned. Adam swung and missed. Uh, Noah. Noah was a man of faith. He built an ark to save his family. But guess what? Adam sinned. Noah got drunk. Abraham doubted God. Jacob lied. Moses murdered. David committed adultery. Solomon had a thousand wives. Come on, how many know for him to be a smart guy, that was a bad decision? He had a thousand wives and he worshiped false gods. Joseph, the very father of Jesus. Remember that day when they had left the temple, they had celebrated Passover and they were on their way home. Three days down the road, Mary's like, hey, Joe, where's Jesus? Remember that? And Joe's like, I thought he was with you. I mean, no, that's a bad day. Joseph forgot Jesus. There were good guys, godly men all throughout Scripture who swung and missed. Now listen to me. Failure is an event and not a person. You, you need to know this. Fair. There will be moments that we fail. But failure does not define who we are. You know, you, you, you think about how intimidating this batter's box can be. You know, when God tells us to step up to the plate, he says, listen, you step into that box and you take that bat and you get ready for the pitch. You know, the truth is, no dad bats a thousand. There's not a single dad in human history who can bat a thousand. In fact, some of the famous baseball players, consider this, there is what's called the Baseball Hall of Fame. Some of you maybe have been there. Do you know the Baseball Hall of Fame is filled with players who struck out more than they got on base? Think about it. If you're going to make the Hall of Fame, a good batting average is about 300. Okay, now if you, if you know how it's calculated, that means out of 10 appearances at the plate, you're only going to get on base 3 out of 10 times. And these are Hall of Famers. You know, Babe Ruth, one of the great home run hitters you know, in, in history, and you hear the heroics of, of, of this New York Yankee, the, the, the bomber. Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs. But do you know how many times he struck out? 1,330, okay? He was the baseball strikeout leader for decades. He held the all-time record for striking out. I bet you didn't know that. For three decades until that record was finally broken by none other than Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle struck out more times than Babe Ruth. Yet these guys are all-stars, uh, can I tell you, don't get discouraged if you have a season in your life where you feel like you step up to the plate and you swing and you miss. It's going to happen. Sometimes we don't always connect with our children. Can I have a good amen? Uh, sometimes we do things or we say things and we're like, oh, man, and that was motivated by pressure at work or, man, I'm just carrying a lot of stress or, man, I'm, I'm not as dialed in as I'd want to be. You see, the enemy of your soul wants you to be so afraid of striking out that you don't even step into the batter's box. And my challenge to all of us as dads, man, be encouraged. Don't let a strikeout keep you from taking a new grip, digging in, and stepping up to the plate. You know what? Sometimes life will throw you some curves. 
Some of you have been thrown a curve. Maybe some of you didn't have the best example to follow when you were a child. Maybe you grew up in a home where dad was absent. Or maybe you grew up in a home where dad was abusive. And so life will throw you a curve. And it's hard to see where it's coming from. And now as a father, you're feeling, man, I, I, I feel the pressure. I don't know if I can keep my eye on the ball. You know, God is for you. I was talking to my dad this week. I called him up. I said, Dad, I just appreciate you. You know, you, w- w- between the three of us, my older sister and my younger sister and me, you know, my dad wasn't perfect. But, man, I'm grateful. The older I get, the more I value what he taught me, the, the, the example that he set before me. I said, Dad, I just want to thank you for all that you've done in my life. That gift, that legacy, it continues to shape my children. And you know what he's, he began to talk to me about? He began to talk to me about all of his mistakes. Well, you know what? I, I could have done this. I should have done that. You know, I'm sorry I wasn't. And he began to go down the road of regret. How many of you know when you walk down that road? That's a dangerous path. I don't know if Jesus walks with me down the road of regret. Because you know what he says? I've forgiven you of the things in your past. You, you don't live in the past. Listen, don't judge me by my past. I don't live there anymore. Come on, can I have a better amen? I said, Dad, listen, in spite of all your mistakes, and and, and he documents that more than I do, my dad taught me two important things. First of all, he taught me to love God. In spite of all the swings and misses he may have had, he taught me to love the Lord. And you know what else he taught me? To prioritize God's house. I said, Dad, those two things have been the bedrock that have shaped who I am, and how I serve. You know, dads, if all we get right in our fatherhood is to teach our children to love God and prioritize his house. Come on, are you with me? Man, you can make a mistake in lots of areas. You may not measure up, but you know what? If we can do those two things, I think we can produce children that will succeed way beyond us. You know, I remember one, one time being in Little League, and I made the All-Stars. Okay, and that was a big deal. I mean, baseball was king where I grew up, and and so I was so excited to make the All-Star game until I found out that the All-Star game was to be played on a Sunday. Now, this was 35 years ago. Sunday at 11 o'clock was the All-Star game, and I remember my parents coming to me and said, well, Mike, aren't you excited you made the the All-Stars? I'm like, well, kind of, but not really. Why aren't you excited? Dad, the game is... Sunday at 11 o'clock. Listen, we did not miss church. We didn't miss church for anything. Come on, how many of you were raised like that? Oh, man. No, no, no. We didn't. Sunday was God's day. We're going to God's house. And I, I was so excited but then disappointed. I knew I couldn't play on that day. I knew Dad wouldn't give me a chance to play. But you know what he said? He said, son, let's do this. Why don't we go to Sunday school in the morning? Come on, thank God for Sunday school. We'll go to Sunday school, and then you pack your uniform, and when Sunday school is over with, you can go play in your game. You know what? That was one small event that I never forgot. I knew my dad loved me, and I knew he prioritized church. Some of you maybe today here, you, you feel like you've struck out. Can I tell you, how do you handle a strikeout? Well, first of all, you need to go to God. If you swing and you miss... Don't pout in the dugout. Come on, somebody. 
See, the devil wants you in self-pity. I'll never amount to anything. Look, I, I, I'm just, I'm lousy as a death. I'm worth. No, no. If you strike out, you need to go to God, and then you need to make some adjustments. You know, maybe there's something, and, and I know Pastor Ryan Frith is watching this, and, uh, and he played, I think, in the Phillies organization back in the day. He was, he was an all-star at uh, Southern Miss, and so, man, he, he's a professional, okay? In case you didn't know that, Denham Springs, you are blessed with a professional baseball player as your campus pastor. But I do think he holds the record for strikeouts at Southern Miss, too. Just saying, Ryan, we love you. Oh. But if, there is, is, if there's something in your swing that's causing you to miss, then you need to work on your technique and make some adjustments. Uh, maybe it's your stance. You know, maybe you're pulling your head out. Maybe, maybe you've dropped that, that elbow and you need to keep that elbow up. Maybe you need to keep your head in. There's a certain technique that you might need to work on. If you strike out, go to God. Don't be overcome by guilt. Go to God, but then make the necessary adjustments and step back up to the plate. Get back in the box. Your kids are counting on you. Your wife loves you. Man, your family believes in you. So you swing and miss. Guess what? Everybody does. Don't allow your fear of failure to keep you from stepping up and making a difference. I remember when Trevor was, was playing out here in the, in the church league, and he was going through a slump. And, man, he was striking, I think, three games. He didn't get a single hit. So man, we were talking to him, worked with the coach on his technique and trying to help him through this slump. What's he doing? What adjustments does he need to make? So the next game, I mean, there was, I felt a lot of pressure. And I could tell it was really weighing on him. His first time up to the plate, Trevor steps up to the plate and he strikes out. And he goes back to the dugout and his, I could tell he's dejected. He's hanging his head. Keep your head up, boy. Come on. run, Get your glove and get out in the field. Here we go. So the second time he gets up, he strikes out again. He struck out twice now. I mean, he's been in a slump, hadn't had a hit for three or four games. So now, I mean, he's just, I could see it all over him. He's not the same kid. By the time, his third time up to bat in this game, he's already struck out every time. The bases are loaded, okay? And it's the last inning, and there are two outs, and Trevor steps up to the plate. And I could tell he didn't even want to be in that batter's box. And I had to get in his mind. I had to look at me, boy. You're going to make contact. I know it. So he steps up to the plate. And as a dad, I'm just praying. <laughs> I mean, you know, parents were like, Lord, if you just let, I, he can get out, but don't let him strike out. God, just put the bat on the ball. If you give him a hit, to win this game, God, I promise I will never ask you for another thing ever again. <laughs> so sure enough, he had two strikes on him, and I'm praying that prayer, and the pitcher throws the ball. Trevor rears back, takes a swing, and he missed it. Strike three. I know y'all wanted a happy ending. I know you were expecting him to hit a home run. He missed it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's going to be rough at my house tonight. You know what he did when he got home? He said, Dad, let's go in the backyard. I got some work to do. You know what that tells me, Dads? Listen, don't quit. Don't take your bat and ball and your glove and go home. Get back to work. Life will throw you some curves. There are unexpected things that are going to happen. But I want you to know this. Here's something that can help us. And I just learned this this week. There's a thing called a batter's eye. 
okay? I, I don't know if you realize this or not. I want you to see. This, this is Alex Box. Bat, the batter's eye is right there, that black, dark background. And every single ballpark has what's called the batter's eye. I bet you didn't know that. But, but you notice, even the outfield, seats don't go all the way across, and I know this is a college stadium, but even in the, in the professional, Major League Baseball, every park has this batter's eye. And you know what the purpose of that batter's eye is? It's to create a dark background so it helps the batter pick up the ball when it leaves the pitcher's hand. I mean, think about it. When you're standing in that batter's box and you have nothing, and the background is nothing but fans and seats and different colors, and you're trying to watch that ball as it leaves the pitcher's hand, it can be hard to see the ball coming. But that backdrop helps the batter pick up the ball sooner. Fellas, can I tell you this? You know what the backdrop is for us as dads? It's the word of God. God's word is that backdrop that helps us see the trajectory of that ball because the enemy will throw curves. The enemy will throw some off-speed pitches. There's some movement, man, and it's tough to hit a ball when it's going 95 miles an hour. I don't know how these guys do it, but when you can see where the where the pitch is coming from, it helps you know how to swing and make contact. And as, as men, as husbands, as fathers, men, if we can get a better understanding of God's word, then when life throws a curve, we can see it as soon as it leaves the pitcher's hands. And how many of you know there are some crazy things that are happening in the world today? The devil will throw fear at you. Man, the devil will throw chaos into your world. But if you can see where the pitch is coming from, man, you know where to swing. Are you catching this today? Strikeouts. Don't be afraid to strike out. I believe that God can give us what we need to make contact. The second thing I want you to see is this, number two, bunts. Okay? Now, check this out. This is interesting. I know we don't talk a lot about this. This is a part of the game that's kind of hidden. But it, it, a bunt is when the batter will step up to the plate and there's a runner or several runners that are on base. Now, the bunt is different than a full swing. Most of us, man, when we come up to the plate, man, we're, we're trying to hit home runs. But there's some times in the game where you don't need to swing for the fences. You just need to lay down a bunt. You square yourself toward the pitcher. You put the bat out to simply tap the ball and make contact. Now, why is a bunt so important? Because the purpose of the bunt is to sacrifice the batter in order to advance the runner that's on base. Now, think about this, Dad. This shows you the importance of sacrifice. Not every time we get up are we swinging for the fences. Sometimes God says, hey, just square around and bunt. And when you put the bat on the ball, it doesn't go very far. It may roll 10 or 15 feet, but it's enough to move the runner from first base to second base. In other words, the batter is saying this. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost now. The batter is saying, I'm okay to get out if I can advance the runners ahead of me. You know, and a good dad, a godly dad, will lay down a bunt. He's saying this, I'll take the out so that my children can advance. 
Some of you, you got kids that are on base. You got kids that are growing in God. And God is challenging us. Man, it's not your responsibility to swing for the fences. But if you just lay down a bunt, if you'll embrace personal sacrifice. Isn't this what Jesus did? Isn't this what God required of Jesus? Think about it. Jesus went to the cross. What was he saying? He's saying this, I'll take the out so that you can advance. You know, it was the sacrifice of Jesus that positioned us to score. You know, and what we do as dads, if we lay down a bunt, you don't necessarily need to swing for power every day. I mean, and think about it. A bunt, it's kind of weak. The ball doesn't go very far. There's nothing super exciting about it. But your sacrifice will allow those ahead of you to advance. And I think it's so important. I want to take a moment to say thank you, dads, for your sacrifice. Because of what you laid down, it allows us to move forward. Paul said it this way in Romans 12, verse 1. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You know, sacrifice is what marks us as the people of God. It was heaven's sacrifice that allowed us to move forward in our faith. And I've always heard it said that we can never have anything great apart from sacrifice. You, you can't have a great marriage without sacrifice. Can I have a good amen? You can't have great kids apart from sacrifice. You, you can't have great friendships or relationships. Even a great church. You know, this church was never built on the talents of a few. This church was built on the sacrifices of many. Men and women who are willing to, to bunt in order for somebody else to advance. I remember when my dad made the decision to move us down here to Baton Rouge. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest and in the late 80s, and my dad owned a teacher's salary, which you know is not much. He cashed in all of his retirement to move our family to Baton Rouge. And you know why he did that? Because he wanted his children to be in a spiritual environment that we could grow in our faith, that we could understand who the Holy Spirit is, so that we could be empowered with something that he was not getting himself. And so he took a massive pay cut to move us to Baton Rouge in the late 80s. And I look back at that decision, and financially it made no sense. Logistically, it made no sense. And I, I talked to my dad from time to time. Dad, why in the world did we leave something comfortable and safe and secure to step into something very uncertain? I look at my dad now. I'm thinking, Dad, if you could go back, would you do something differently? He says, no, son. I know by the Lord that that was the right decision to get my family in a spiritual environment so my kids could succeed. So, you know, it was here that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was here that I began to embrace the call of God on my life. It was here that I met my wife. It's here that I'm able to serve and use my gifts. And you know what? I don't know what my life would have looked like had my dad not made that sacrifice. Didn't make any sense logistically or financially, but spiritually, I am the benefactor. It's almost like my dad was willing to lay down a bunt. He says, I'll take the out so that you can advance. Dads, let me ask you this. What sacrifices do you need to make so that your kids can go further than you did? Maybe you didn't get some things from your dad, 
but what can you give as a dad that will benefit your kids? Don't be afraid to strike out. Keep stepping up to the plate. And when necessary, sacrifice, bunt, so that your kids can advance. And finally, the third thing. Is this helpful today? The third thing, it's the home run. This is, a, this is the dad's greatest joy. To make contact and to send the ball over the wall. And not only are you advancing runners, but everybody on base comes home. Third John 4 says this. says, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. You know what the home run is for us as a dad? It's to know that our kids are walking in truth and that they're going to go from first base to second base to third base. Eventually, God's going to bring them all the way home. You know, a home run for us as a dad is to see our kids right where they need to be in God. And I thought about one of the famous stories in the Bible, and I'm going to close. I'll ask the keyboard to come up, and in just a moment, we're going to pray across all of our campuses. But I thought about one of the famous stories of, of a father in the Bible. It's the story of the prodigal son. You know, the Bible says a man had two sons. One was sad, the other one was mad, and neither one of them knew the father's heart. They didn't know. One day, this younger son comes to his father and says, Dad, give me my inheritance now. Now, let me ask you this. When does a son receive his inheritance? Well, dad's got to die, right? What was the son saying to his father? You are as good as dead to me. Think about the animosity in that home. Think about what that conversation meant to the father. I know we, we, we call this the story of the prodigal son, but I want you to view this through the eyes of dad. That was heartbreak. Give me my inheritance now. And dad knew exactly what that meant. And so he reluctantly released his son. Some of you, you, you got to release your children and trust, trust them to God. You, you, you really do. I mean, the older I get, the, the more I realize what little I actually control. I don't control much. So he, he gives this boy his inheritance. And you know the story. The Bible says he, he runs as far away from home as he can get. And he ends up in Vegas. Come on, somebody. And there he spends all of his inheritance, all of his money on parties, and women, and friends. And man, he goes through his money like that. Runs out of money, runs out of friends. He falls on hard times. So the Bible says he ends up slopping pigs in a pig pen. I mean, for a Jewish boy, this is the ultimate of humiliations. And here he is in his worst moment. You know what? Sometimes you have to lose everything before you appreciate anything. And this boy who had it made in the father's house walked away from all of it, broke his daddy's heart, man, living wild and crazy, and he's at his worst moment. And then it dawned on him, wait a second, wait a second. You know what? I had it better back at the house. And I wonder how many times that father had prayed for his son and had stepped out on that front porch believing that God would bring him back. The boy gets an idea. You know what? I'll, I'll go home and I'll just ask to be a servant. <laughs> I've lost my right to be a son Man, I see how I've behaved. I brought shame on, on my family's name. I'll just ask if you'll hire me back as a servant. You see, listen, that boy didn't realize that you're a son by birth and not by worth. 
You don't have to earn your way into God's good grace. So he comes back home. And the Bible says, when he was still a long way off. That father saw him. That tells me that father was trusting God. Some of you need to release your children who have strayed and are far away. And you need to trust them to the sovereign hand of God. Because there's a pig pen that will turn that child around. That son, that daughter that's living crazy. Man, you taught them differently. Man, you, you put different values in them. But you know what? What you plant in them, it will not return void. It'll grow. It'll produce fruit, but you got to trust God. And here comes this boy coming home, and the Bible says the father saw him from a long way off and ran to him. And I want you to see, man, here's this home run moment in this prodigal family. And the dad's heart, who was broken before, is now restored because that boy who was lost now is found. He was far away, but he's now come home And I thought about that story again in light of this conversation. Sometimes as dads, we feel like we strike out and we miss. Maybe some of you are in a season of sacrifice where God's saying, just lay down a bunt little by little. It's not all at once, but just fundamentally do what I tell you. Trust me, trust me, trust me. There's coming a day when that child, that son, that daughter will come home. Bible says he threw his arms around that boy. The boy's trying to give this speech. Dad, I, I've, I've disgraced you. I just want, no, 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 no. I can just see this dad hugging and kissing all over this boy. She's I'm not hearing a single bit. No, no, no. Hey, somebody get, get the robe. Get my ring. Get the shoes. Somebody kill the fatted calf. Come on, we're not having ballpark franks, baby. We're having straight up brisket and burgers. Come on, talk to me. Man, we're going to have a party. Why? Because this boy once was lost, but now he's found. He's come home. I want to pray that God will give you that home home run moment with your family. You may not see it. You may think it's impossible, but we serve a God of the impossible. Amen. You receive that today. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.